everyone, this is Sarah Dimes and Yikami Otari, co-founders of Dukari. Hi there, welcome to our Sofa Chats podcast, where we talk to business owners and leaders about their business journey in an informal way. Hi everyone, welcome to Dukari Sofa Chats. This is the start of our DukariCon series, where we're going to be interviewing some of our speakers for the event so that you can get to know them. Hopefully by the time the event arrives, have some questions that you could be asking face to face. So we're here in London um, with Mark Wright. Hi Mark, thank you you so much for having us. Hi, thank you for having me. I can't wait for this event. It's my first big one on the calendar um, for 2020 and I really can't wait. Not long to go now. I'm, I'm literally buzzing. I've started working on my presentation and First of all, I love going to Scotland. That's just a treat for me. Second of all, I get to speak about my passion, which is digital marketing. So I can't wait to, you know, discuss it with you some more. We can't wait. So for those of you that don't already know Mark, um, Mark was the 2014. Yeah, a long time ago now. Yeah, BBC The Apprentice winner and is now, uh, obviously, a serial entrepreneur. Yes. You have more than one business. Five, right. Five. Yeah. um, we are currently sitting in the, off- the new office of Climb Online, and Mark is still the managing director for it. Yeah. And that is the business that I believe that can add value to the energy sector. So do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I think, um, again, thank you so much for having me and asking me to come up um, your way. I find the energy sector just so appealing because I believe there's so many great businesses in the energy sector. And they are really only scratching the surface of what they can achieve, particularly the challenger businesses that are newer into the market. I believe there's so many big energy businesses that are just dying on the vine. They've got so many old habits. They're not digitally focused. They've not got young, energetic people within their team. And when I started Climb Online, I did it because I was working at one of the biggest companies in the sector. I really disbelieved and I was disenfranchised with the way they treated their customers with the way they treated their staff. And they were, it was a great industry that was being ruined by the company I was working at. And I always believe if you can think you can do it better, you should go and do it better. So I went on The Apprentice with my business uh, plan for Climb Online. And I believed I had a plan for a digital marketing agency that would change the industry. One where we would provide the best results to our customers. We would charge small fees. We would be transparent with our fees and we would educate people on how to do it themselves and how to create a great business for themselves. And Alan Sugar believed in my idea as well. And you know, in 2014, I went on The Apprentice, I didn't know what it was. I was backpacking over here from Australia um, and I hadn't watched the show before. Okay. <laughs> I went to the tryouts just down the road with 75,000 people and I got through to series 10 and I went on to win the program uh, with my idea climb online, which we're sitting in now. And this Monday was our fifth birthday. Yeah, I saw that. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And it's crazy to think that 95% of businesses don't make it to five years. Yeah. That is crazy. Huge achievement. That's, that, that is mental. And I don't say that because oh, I'm amazing or whatever. But I think it's our duty as successful entrepreneurs and people who love business and love digital marketing and love everything to help that percentage get better. I want 50% of businesses to make it to five years. And that's why I do public speaking and that's why I coach people on digital marketing because when you know what I've learned from Lord Sugar, 
when you know what I've learned from CEOs of Google and all of these people about how marketing works, about how business works, it's almost impossible to fail. And what I'll be talking about um, at your event is exactly that, how you can take any business in the energy sector and get more leads, find the right staff, and get more business than you've ever had before. And it's so simple, the stuff I'll be, you'll be able, you'll want to leave the room straight away from the stuff I'm going to be talking about because it's going to change your business. Um, and it's changed my whole life. I went from not being able to afford a cup of coffee to a multi-millionaire, multi-millionaire in two years from the stuff that I learned. Whirlwind. Whirlwind. Yeah, it was, it was crazy and I love it so much. I, you know, digital marketing and marketing in general is my passion in life and I was I was never good at any job I ever did in my whole life. I was a waiter at a, a restaurant called Hogsbreath in Australia. Hogsbreath. Hogsbreath. Like oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I got fired because i dyslexic. I can't read and write. And I'd take an order and I'd go back to the till and I couldn't read my own handwriting to put the order back into the till. Then I was um, a shoe salesman. Then I was a gym equipment salesman. Then I worked in a gym. I couldn't find anything that ever worked for me. And then I found digital marketing and it just struck me like a bolt of lightning because I was good at it. I really enjoyed it. I haven't felt like I've worked in a day since I've been in digital marketing. And I just love talking about it. So I, the right industry found me and um, my business is a reflection of how much I enjoy um, what I'm doing and helping businesses achieve their goals. What we find in the energy sector, and I'm sure this is not unique, is that when you use the word marketing, mm. It means so many different things to so many different people. Yes. And depending on their own experience and education around marketing, marketing can be sales. Yes. You know, most of the um, sales VPs in the US companies we work with are called VP of marketing. Interesting. But it's actually sales. Yeah. For some people, it's social media. For some people, it's copywriting. Yes. And advertising. The yeah. flyers. Yeah. Obviously, there's a generational difference as well. Of course. So when you talk about digital marketing yeah. and how climbing online help people yeah. with marketing, what, what do you mean? Just so to be clear. I cover uh, everything that is online. So for, for me, I do a full service marketing solution in digital advertising. So from building, designing and building websites, mm -hmm. managing social media and running social media ads, SEO, search engine optimization, making sure that all of the websites we, we operate with are at the top of Google and other search engines for keywords that are related to their sector and paid media. So that could be display campaigns, remarketing campaigns, yeah. Google ad campaigns. We want to make sure that you dominate whatever your sector is online. Mm -hmm. Most people now, no matter even if they walk past on this high street past a business, will Google it to see their reviews, see other people that have gone there, see their friends that are following on social media before they go in. If you want to be successful in business now, you have to have a good online presence. And what I do is, first of all, get people to understand that, but show them the simple steps to doing it cheaply, doing it quickly, and making sure that when your customers research you, you look, your house is in order, you look a million bucks. Your shop window, right? Your shop window. Yeah. And you people, can have the best quality goods inside, but if you can't pull people in, yeah. you can't sell them. And a couple of negative reviews could kill your business yeah. or how you present your product. Or the, even if, let's say you've got a bakery, the photo that you've taken of your product, if that's not a high quality image or it's not displayed the right way, can kill your business. 
It's how you display things, the language you use, the, the audience that you're targeting. There's so many things that go into being successful and it's such an exciting time. I believe you've never, there's never been an easier time to be more successful in business than right now because the internet has given us a chance to all be international companies yeah. instantly. And some, there's so much you can do for free as well. Yeah. So you hear a lot, oh, I can't afford that, I'm not ready for that yet, especially from startup companies. Yeah. And I know that um, you, Kemi and I sometimes get a bit frustrated, but there's so much that people can actually do. Obviously, there's a time cost, yeah. but there's so much, at least to start, that you, that you have access to free of charge. Definitely. Through the different social media platforms, you know, groups within Facebook, LinkedIn, etc events that you can attend for free some yeah. of them yeah. and that's you know obviously where people need to start and then you know you get all your ducks in a row and then you can start really pushing you're a hundred percent correct 90 percent of the limitations that i work with in small businesses the limitations they put on themselves yeah. they're saying i haven't got a big budget you don't need a budget for most of the things we do yeah. writing content managing your social media following and engaging with the right people, posting out on social media, these are all free things. Yeah. A lot of the tools we use, the scheduling tools, the analytical tools, they're all free as well. But what it's coming from is a lack of knowledge. So you need to go back to the root cause. It's not a lack of budget, it's a lack of knowledge. Spending money on Google Ads, for, the, for example, is the last step in a marketing process. You need everything else in order before yeah. you can bring the visit traffic in. So it comes from a lack of knowledge. People and businesses need to work on investing in themselves and what they know first. Once you have that material, you can go out and be as successful as you want. The money will come from there. Yeah. And I think throwing money at things, you know, the quick fix, I'm going to do an ads campaign, um, chuck some money at it. If you don't have good content, yeah. you know, on there in the first place, the foundation well, that's why you, not gonna work you, you see the people that say, I tried digital marketing and it didn't work, it's not yeah. for me. They tried in a way that was unsustainable, yeah. unintelligent, and they just did something that, that didn't work. And they, you know, that now, and they got that 75 pound voucher from Google and put yeah. that on and said, Oh, it didn't work for me. Digital marketing doesn't work. Yeah. I also believe offline marketing is still a huge, you know, doing flyers. Uh, being in the newspaper, going to events, these are things that are essential. Omni-channel presence and omni-channel marketing are the only way to be successful in business now. We believe that that's why you, Kami, and I came together because I was very offline focused and Kami was very online focused. We wanted to align that for our clients and use partners you know, to do the parts of that that we, we don't offer ourselves but just at least this overall strategy to be aligned. Of course, and look Otherwise, how successful your business has become since you have yeah. come together. Yeah, it's much easier, and our clients are getting more value from that as well. So anyway, we could talk about marketing all day. Well, exactly, um, I could talk about it my whole life. Yeah, so five years in to yes. Climb Online, what has been your, I guess, your, be your best moment? If you could choose one part of that five years, and you're not allowed to choose when you're Oh gosh, good um, I've done it, or, just been the high, the high of this time. There's and been what, so many. Yeah. What stands out when you're saying that, which must mean it's the most best memory, was being listed on Forbes, 30 okay. under 30. That was yeah. a really special day for me um, because winning The Apprentice for me was a UK-focused situation. Yeah. Being listed on Forbes was a, a worldwide yeah. recognition of the success I've had in media. They listed me as the top media representative for my age in the world, wow. and that was an amazing... Um, situation that was really nice and and yeah that was cool um, but I've been able to do things for my staff which 
Some of my employees have never been on a plane and I've taken them on business class to Las Vegas twice and Dubai once. Wow. In five years, I've done three international trips with my employees, done things which have changed their lives. Yeah. And when you taste some success, and I'm still very early in my journey and I've got a long way to go, but doing things for other people is really what's made me the happiest. And I'm not just saying that to say it, I say it because I really mean it. Seeing their faces get in a business class flight, go in a suite at the Aria, it's been amazing. But also putting on my event, you know, ClimbCon and my marketing bootcamp, and being able to take what I've learned from really successful people and coach other people to become successful has been so brilliant. And really, I enjoy my public speaking, I enjoy doing podcasts, because I'm talking about what I love, and, and for me, that's been a benefit as well. What's been your greatest challenge in the oh, last five years? There's as many as those, if not more. Than yeah. I've done a lot of stuff that hasn't worked. Um, I've employed a lot of people that haven't worked out. I've employed a lot of people that have done the wrong thing by me mm -hmm. and either tried to rip me off or um, abused the trust or the financing we've given them, and I've tried businesses that have failed. My biggest failure um, is not being bigger right now. I have the ability and the knowledge to be much bigger than I am now, but I still have fears of, like everyone, I still think, oh, I want to, have we got enough money to do this? Should I do that? Is that too risky? Uh, and I think if I set my goals higher, yeah. if I had pushed myself harder and set my goals higher, I'd be even further forward than I am right now. And that upsets me. And I would say, despite all the other bad stuff that's happened, that for me stands out as I should have pushed myself harder to, to be further ahead. So would you say that was your biggest learning, personal learning? Yeah. Stepping out of that comfort zone and yeah, taking it to bigger the next risks. Level. You know, when I sit with yeah. Lord Sugar and in our board meetings, or I spend one day, everyone asks me two things about The Apprentice. Mm -hmm. These are the two questions. And I still get, that show was five and a half years ago we filmed. Yeah. I still get asked for loads of selfies from it. It's amazing yeah. how popular that show is. Um, I get asked two questions every day from people on the street about The Apprentice. When the phone rings in the morning, do we have 20 minutes to get ready? Is that real? And the answer is yes, we only have 20 minutes to get ready. And the second is, what's Lord Sugar like and what have you learned from him? And the answer is, he is a ruthless businessman. He's so tough. And he started in a council estate in East London and has now got over 1.6 billion pounds. And the reason he has that is coming back to my biggest regret is he takes unbelievably big risks all the time, constantly. He's no smarter than you and I. He's got nothing different, doesn't talk any different, doesn't do anything different. He works really hard and he takes huge risks. And you can read every book on business. You can read every book written about marketing and this and accounting and whatever. If you have to, have to pick two things, it would be being tough, or three things, being tough, working hard, and taking risks, you will get there. And you, you beautiful young ladies are about to learn with your event how tough it is, but also the amazing rewards yeah. that are about to happen after your event, because it's a huge risk. And anyone can t is gonna come to your event, or my event, and they're gonna slag it off. Oh, they should have done this, there should be this and this and this. Yeah. That's pretty easy to say in the bleachers. Yeah. Try and put on an event <laughs> yeah. for 500 people and see how hard it is. Yeah. If you think you're good at business, do an event and help other people. 
it is the best thing ever. It's the most rewarding thing ever. But also watch what happens to your careers in the next year. They're going to go to a whole nother level. You're about to make 500 new connections. You're about to make 500 new contacts. And you're probably going to do business with 20% of the room. And that is, you know, a risk paying yourself back. So what other big risks can you be taking and can we all be taking to be more successful? I think um, what's hard, and how old were you when you started client on 24. 24. Yeah. So you've just turned 30. <laughs> yeah, I'm knackered. Well, I'm 30 in April, so we're a similar age. And I think what's difficult when you're in your 20s and you're surrounded by these, you know, multimillionaires, multi-billionaires, successful business people is that self-doubt, you know, oh, am I yeah. good enough? Do yeah. I have enough experience? Um, are people going to take me seriously? And I'm sure you've experienced those at least internal feelings and emotions over the last five years as well. Boardrooms and meetings, we think, oh my goodness, should I even be here? And I think it's just learning to trust in what you know. You know what you know and you don't know what you don't know. And trust in that and every day be willing to learn and you know keep going. And I think from what I've seen don't know him obviously personally but what I've seen from Lord Sugar is he always seems willing to develop his knowledge and learn and when it comes to digital marketing that's a great example if you look at his age and the generation he grew up in the amount of passion that he has around digital marketing even though when he started up he was probably putting billboards up and on a you know branded van and handing out flyers newspapers yeah it's changed so much but that willingness to always learn and develop, it keeps you fresh and it keeps 100%. you fighting. And what he does, which I've now done, and you mentioned I've bought, uh, owned five other companies uh, at the start of the interview, is what I learned from him, which has been key in my investing journey, is, okay, I'm not going to be the best. For, for example, I own a really successful PR company, Make More Noise. I don't know anything about PR. I know the very limited thing that everyone knows about PR. So you go and work with someone who's a specialist and you invest. When Lord Sugar, he understood digital marketing was going to be huge. His understanding of digital marketing is nil. He understands it's important and it's a big thing, but he doesn't know anything about it. So he went and found a specialist, which is me, invested in me. He uses my knowledge and his money to make success. So when you do start investing, don't... People fool themselves thinking they're an expert at everything. You can only be an expert at a couple of things, but find experts in specific fields and partner with them. Give them my skill set is always digital marketing, and now I have money to invest. So I can use in my companies, I invest in my digital marketing skill, my business knowledge, and my money to invest. And they've been really successful, and that's what Lord Sugar does. He owns bakeries, medical clinics, recruitment companies, digital marketing companies, because he just gives us his business knowledge and his money. So what you're always looking for to go off and partner with is find people that have skill sets that are important that you don't have, whether some people will bring money, some people will bring business or financial advice, some people will bring specific industry skill sets. And it's partnering up. If you want to make a billion pounds, you need to find a billion friends, we say, people that have skill sets that you don't have that complement you. And too many entrepreneurs, and this is very relevant for the energy sector, too many people try to do it themselves. They try to not let people in on what they've got because they think, oh, they're going to steal it, they're going to take it. But then they end up staying small forever. Or the the sad fact about it is a lot of the ones that try and do it themselves, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And we've seen that a lot. Um, We've had a recent industry downturn which I'm sure you will have read about. Yeah, I've read about it a um, lot. Where thousands of people lost their jobs, companies went under, the merger and acquisition space has been fairly intense. 
and there, but with every downturn there's opportunity Definitely. so there's a, been a lot of startups yeah. a lot of new disruptive technologies and Fantastic. people offering services just but in a new way but the problem is when they try and do it themselves most of the time because none of us know everything is that it fails and they, they end up going and getting a job and it's sad and that's actually why I personally set up a business myself was because I was seeing this happening over and over you know, one man band, two man band companies with an amazing idea, great people, yeah. but they just one either didn't want to take the risk, didn't have the right advice, and just were trying to do it all themselves. So nobody can do it alone, but they maybe weren't. They didn't know what support was available to them, and there was support that was free, you know, even from the Scottish government, etc. Um, so that's the sad matter is people. It just goes under, and it's not so much the people for me. It's those great ideas. It's those great inventions yeah. that no one ever gets to hear about. The number one reason why new businesses fail is entrepreneurs trying to do it themselves. Yeah. What you've got to ask yourself is Jeff Bezos needed a partner in Amazon. He has one. Elon Musk has partners. Lord Sugar partnered with me for digital marketing. Why are all the top business people finding and seeking partners with skill sets? You should be as well. And people always say, but I don't want to give away equity. I don't want to give away my money. 30 or 40% of something is a much better than 100% of nothing. And the ones that are dying on the vine and, and are failing quickly are entrepreneurs that are trying to take 100% and they don't have anything. So it's finding the right skill sets, partnering with the right people and going a lot further. It's yeah. better than being an employee of a business. You spoke about taking risk. Yes. A question for you. Go for it. So if you hadn't won The Apprentice mm -hmm. and didn't get the £250,000 mm -hmm. investment, how comfortable do you think you would have been as a startup business in digital marketing to seek out investment? Um, I don't think I would have needed investment, okay. is my honest answer. I was starting to do pretty well on my own. Um, I'd gone out on my own just slightly before The Apprentice and started working. I'd signed up 23 clients of my own and I was doing pretty well. And I think where would I be today? I wouldn't be as further forward because yeah. I wouldn't have had that. The biggest thing that helped me was the injection of the PR that the show gave me. Okay. 10 million people hearing the name Climb Online and Mark Wright for mm -hmm. 11 weeks really helped. Um, the money, of course, was really good. That allowed me to employ more people and get a better office initially. But when I won the show, I thought £250,000 was a lot of money. £250,000 wouldn't help me out for a month now survive yeah. uh, because it, the company's so big. So the answer to your question is, it's ne you never need as much investment as you think. Mm. If you've got a good product, if you've got a good business and you've got sales coming in, it's just a matter of scaling that quicker through either uh, using the profits back into marketing or creating a bigger sales force. Um, I just would have probably not been as far forward as I am today, but I would have, I think, been really successful, um, but maybe not as well known. Yeah, that's good. Interesting. <laughs> I always wonder when people have this in cash injection right at the beginning, yeah. because the mindset changes sometimes. You obviously had set up a bit before, before. which yeah. was really important because I think um, yeah. I would have not done as well with the investment because I understood what I needed the investment for. We're seeing a lot of businesses right now in this tech bubble get more investment than they need and they're just ridiculously wasting money on executives they don't need, um, on offices they don't need, and then they waste the investment. And then, you know, right now, a company's house is littered with businesses that have failed from overinvestment. 
So we need to be careful about educating people what they should be using investment for and how much they actually need. It's never as much as what you think. So when you watch The Apprentice now, we've just finished mm. the last season, obviously you know you've been there, you've done it, you know the reality, not just what the viewers see. Do you still watch it every year? Uh, I don't. You don't watch um, it? Which is a shame to I say. I love The Apprentice. Yeah. Uh, it changed my life and I will forever be in debt to Lord Sugar and the BBC for the opportunity that they gave me. But I'm too busy. Yeah. Um, you know, most Wednesdays I've got in, it's after the show's aired or I've been yeah. out on client meetings or speaking or whatever. And it's created, I, it's, let's, let's put it like this way, it's like working at Nando's. Once you know how it's all made, you probably don't eat there anymore. Yeah. Um, I know how it's all done, I know how it's all made. I love the show. Um, I watched the series before I went on to, to sort of understand what was going to happen, and I loved it. Yeah. Once you go on, you understand how it's all done. Yeah. There's too much happening in your mind when you're watching, yeah. saying, I know <laughs> what that is, you. and I know what that is, and it kind of ruins yeah. it a bit. I love the program. I think it's an amazing um, thing, but I didn't watch it. I don't watch it anymore. Um, but uh, it's helping. You look at the other nonsense that's on TV, mm-hmm. like Big Brother and Love Island and all this crap, that kids could be watching, reality the relatively yeah. crap. I would much rather put my 15-year-old in front of The Apprentice and Dragon's Den than I would, you know, Big Brother and and and, and the, the stuff with all the six-packs and the backwards caps and all yeah. of this stuff because it's instilling in the people the right information. And even though some of the stuff is a bit funny and yeah. we look a bit stupid at times, the underlying ethos of the program is being an entrepreneur, starting a business, coming up with ideas, trying new things every day. And I learned so much from that process. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a much better information to put into young kids than, than the other programs. So I'm very thankful for the show. Good. So far, have you been to Aberdeen before? I've never been to Aberdeen. Yeah, I knew that you've been to Scotland, but wasn't yes. sure about Aberdeen. I think you guys should come up the day before and we'll go and do like a castle tour oh, and wow, some whiskey awesome. tasting. I love something. Scotland so much. Yeah. I've been to Glasgow and Edinburgh. Okay. So far. Yeah. So I'm adding For first time in Aberdeen. So yes. everyone needs to make you feel very welcome. I can't wait. Um, so with the energy sector, um, I've said there's definitely an untapped gap for you guys and I'm excited to see you on stage and get the questions from the audience at this um, event. What do you feel is the quick wins for the companies in the energy sector when it comes to digital marketing? Two things really quickly. Don't give too much away because yeah. you're going to be speaking about this at the event. Video is now playing a bigger part in the energy sector than most sectors. Um, 90% of all online content is consumed by video by the end of this year. Okay. So if you have on your website instructional videos, Q&A videos, sales videos, you're going to go a lot further than the people that have written blog texts or just having massive reams of text on their website. Creating videos and uploading them to your social media channel or to your YouTube channel or even onto your website is going to help you go a lot further. I'm going to be showing people how to make quick free videos that they can use in sales and customer service specific for the energy sector. The other thing is chatbots, AI technology which helps you deal with customer service queries and also aggressive sales modeling that can be used in the energy sector um, lawfully that can help you really reduce your costs and increase your leads. They're two things I'm going to touch on in detail and really quick wins. Great. Right, we have a few questions from some of our... Let's have them. um, 
network, so sorry, they're on my phone. Um, I'm going to shoot some questions. So we have one from Jason. Yes. I'd be interested to know what type of person, what skill set and experience has helped you the most in growing your business. I'm sure the initial cash injection and the association with large sugar has been huge, but who or what has been the surprise along the way? It's a good question. Mm -hmm. uh, I think what I've learned is people you surround yourself with are essential to your success. And I was one of the young, hot-headed, red-blooded men who thought I could do everything myself. I was too smart, I was too cocky for my own good when I started. And when I got my first employees, I didn't pay them enough money. And if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. And that's, the, that's as true today as it was when I started. The key is getting the right people around you, paying them the right amount of money and investing in them because together you can go a lot further than you can on your own. My biggest lesson has been find people that are the best in the industry from people that are the best in the industry and get them over to work for you. And if you can do that, you will really crush it. And that's probably been my biggest lesson. We have another one from Dale. He said, Mark is a great guy and I've been following him since the start. So he's a fan. I knew that was wild. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, question around workload yes. and how you manage your day. Ooh. Are you constantly working? Or do you set periods of time to relax, especially important early days of your business? Uh, in the early days of the business, I failed horrendously <laughs> at finding time for myself and my partner at the time, who's no longer my partner because of the amount of work I was doing. Um, I haven't figured this one out yet. I'm still working ridiculous hours. I still work really hard but it's because I love what I do and I'm passionate about what I'm doing and it, do it doesn't feel like work. But the people around me uh, often point out that I'm not much fun in terms of going out socially or, uh, or finding too much time. I do go on holidays, I do do all of that stuff, but because I love my company so much, I'm always on email, I'm always on the phone, I'm always working on the next idea because, because I love it. But it is important to find space, um, particularly for things like meditating, going to the gym and being more healthy. Because I failed at that in the first two years and I got incredibly unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And that was a hugely important lesson for me. If I'm not finding time to go to the pub or whatever, okay, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But we need to find time to go for a walk, to go to the gym, uh, and to do something that isn't work-related because you actually do get a lot of great ideas in those times. Yeah. You do you do need to switch off because when you come back in, your energy is a lot higher and you do much better work. And I had to learn that again the hard way, um, but I'm getting better at it, but still working on it. Me too. <laughs> and I think if you speak to anyone um, early stages of business, they yeah. would say the same thing. I haven't And if you it. love what you do, it's even harder. Yeah. Because you live and breathe it. It's your 100%. baby. hundred so. uh, You know, and I do need to continue to work on this yeah, particular area. <laughs> Right, we'll take one more from the audience. So from Nikki, I'd be interested to know how much his vision for his business has been influenced negatively and positively by being in a business partnership. Um, fantastic question. Yeah, good question. Unbelievable. I'm very lucky in my business partnership where um, Lord Sugar is relatively silent in terms of when I say silent. Um, not as much as I wish sometimes, but <laughs> he's silent with regards to digital marketing. Okay. He lets me make all the decisions in terms of digital marketing, the products we use, 
how we structure the products, the price of the products. So I am allowed to run the business how I see fit. He gives me advice about legal and accounting and all of that sort of stuff. What's made our partnership successful is we've made clear definitions of whose role is what, which is really important. I could see a challenge if I was in, um, in a partnership with someone with the same skill set as me, the digital marketing skill set, we would clash crazy because the ideas would be different. He was very open and upfront and said, I don't know anything about your sector. You do all the business like with that and I'll do all the business side. So it's having clear boundaries um, as far as that's related. I think that being in a partnership has allowed me, one particularly because of who my partner is, but being in a partnership has allowed me to go a lot further than I could have ever gone on my own. And, and that's, if your business partner isn't Lord Sugar or Richard Branson, that doesn't mean you're not gonna go far or you shouldn't get into a partnership. A partnership is essential, I believe, to help reduce the stress. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice just to say, God, this is a tough month for us. Yeah. What should we do? Or just have someone, oh, that staff member's a bit of a dickhead. You know, just have, <laughs> uh, you know, have that banter, have that, have that shoulder to cry on, that ear when you need mentoring or help yourself. And that can be your business partner. And when you're a sole entrepreneur and they've got no one to speak to, you either have investors or employees, it's really challenging. Yeah, I completely relate to that. As you know, <laughs> um, we merged to become Ducari and it's a year in now. And my biggest fear at the start is in a year, am I going to regret having a business partner? And that was my biggest fear. And absolutely 150% glad that we went through that process because we support each other every day not just in business but personally yeah, yeah. and our not only our skill sets are different but we're our personalities and you know if you were to do a disc profiling for example we're different yeah and what aligns us is that drive and our values and That's the right. culture we want to instill and the vision and everything else we're chopping cheese which means that we're stronger. We're stronger together. A hundred percent. You'll bring yeah. ideas to the table that are different ideas that you wouldn't have had on your Absolutely. from your point of view. Your business partner will bring in opposing point of views, and yeah. you'll get lots of new ideas, and, and that's where it's helpful. Absolutely. So I've got one more question yes, for you. Yes, we'll Take it. up more of your time. So we've just entered a new decade. Oh, yeah. So I want to know where were you ten years ago? What were you doing? It's two thousand and ten. Uh, okay, so. I just moved um, to Brisbane in Australia and I had just finished my personal training certificate and uh, I was going to open a personal training studio and be this personal training uh, whiz kid um, when I needed to use Google Ads to boost to get more customers. And I found my passion and my career through doing something totally different. So. I looked like I was in incredible shape. I didn't have a pound to my name. I was, I was so broke. It was just, I couldn't afford a cup of coffee, honestly. Um, and I thought I was going to be the world's next personal trainer. So I couldn't have imagined sitting here with you now having the 10 years that I've had, which is quite crazy when yeah, you think about the stuff I've done in 10 years. I've moved countries. I've won a huge TV show. I've opened five companies. Um, I have more employees than you can count um, and it's all happened in it's all happened in five years let alone um, uh, ten but it's ama it's amazing what you can do in life it is really crazy and I, I 
God help me where I'll be in another yeah. 10 years from here. Can't wait. You cannot predict. Can't predict. I would have never yet. predicted this. Where were you? What was your deal? I was still a nurse. Were you? Okay. Um, so I came from a trauma nursing background, and I, you know, I wasn't a mother. I, I thought in ten years' time I'd still be a nurse, not a business owner in awesome. the energy sector. Um, I wasn't married then. You know, so much has changed, and I think as an individual, I have grown so much. I'm a different person now. My what I'm passionate about and my beliefs are still the same. Yeah, so much as a person. Well, we're going to do great things at at the the event, and I want as many people to come as possible because when you hear what we both have to say, and I know the other speakers on the rotation are unbelievable, and there's not going to be another event like this in Aberdeen. Trust me, this is a once in a lifetime situation. Uh, all the events of this quality happen in London. So to be able to be in Aberdeen and come down the road and see, you know, Mark Wright and Rob Moore and all of these yeah. speakers that, uh, you know, we... we, we We're putting Aberdeen on the map. It's a, li- literally. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So I can't wait to meet everyone in Aberdeen and, 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 and show you guys what we're doing. If people want to follow yourself, Climb Online. Yes. And Mark has a conference as well um, yeah. this year called ClimbCon in London. Where's the best channels for them to find you? Look, if you just go on to Climb Online, social media channels, or you just um, search for me and type in Mark Wright and don't go to the one from The Only Way is Essex and come to my one, which is always number two. <laughs> one of on our employees thought that's who I was going to Oh, today. my God. I this thought, is, I'm sorry, she was a little bit disappointed. When this is this has happening my whole life. I'm in SEO and I can't come up number one for my own name. Yeah. On, um, on Google, but uh, listen, we will get there. But I can't wait. Thank yeah. you so Thank much for having me. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. I appreciate it. you too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Karu Sofa Chats. Please find us at Apple Podcasts and Stitcher to subscribe to listen to more episodes. If you enjoy an episode. Please review it and share it with a friend who you think might get some value from it. Thank you.